everyone. Welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. Episode 102. The crew is here with you. Chaz, as always, uh, covering the financial aspect of Magic the Gathering, as well as just everything Magic the Gathering related. Joining me is Richard. Hey, Chaz. Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, also joining us, Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brewer and all-around Magic the Gathering content creator. What is up, Seth? What's up, guys? Uh, not hey. much. Do you have a good New Year's? <laughs> yep, starting it off strong on all fronts, I think. Uh, Sports-related, uh, Aether Revolts-related, which we will get into. Uh, so you can, join, you can find us on Google Play, iTunes, and now on YouTube. So welcome, everyone, from YouTube. If you haven't asked before, well, now you have the audio. And you can find us, as always, on mtggoldfish.com. So, on the docket today, we have just a ton of Aether Revolt stuff to talk about. We have about uh, six or seven cards that we want to highlight, specifically. Uh, we have a couple of just cards that, you know, have new mechanics or mythics, and that's usually what we do. So, uh, coupled with that, we have a bunch of fish mail to address. So, it's going to be a pretty awesome way to ring in the new year. So, let's, uh, let's get going with Aether Revolt. All right, let's start off with the spoilers we got last week with the last of the inventions. So these two cards are Ether Revolt inventions, and they're also brand new to Ether Revolt. So we'll start off with Planar Bridge. Six converted mana cost, legendary artifact. Eight generic mana, tap it, search your library for a permanent card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So Planar Portal on steroids directly onto the battlefield. What do you guys think? So I really like this card. Uh, I don't think it has much potential for constructed formats or tournament formats. It's just so expensive. Six mana to cast is a lot, eight more to activate. So this is pretty much all you would be doing. However, I think it has a lot of potential in Commander. So Planner Portal, which just is obviously kind of a callback to, is very similar. It costs two less mana to activate the ability, the same amount to cast, and that does see play especially in big mana strategies in commander so i think if you're playing planner portal you just automatically slot this in it doesn't fit in every commander deck but if you're ramping and planning on casting big stuff anyway i have a hard time imagining not putting planner bridge in my deck otherwise in standard you would just etherworks marvel there's not really any reason to spend so much mana and so much work to get something when you have etherworks marvel available and in other formats it's just way too expensive but <clears throat> in commander in specific i think this is a is a pretty solid card yeah I, I agree with you seth i mean in standard you likely have better options than etherworks marvel i'm sure they they wish that the text on Aetherworks Marvel <laughs> matched the, the text on Planar Bridge, so you don't get the cast triggers, but it is what it is. I'm getting there with my EDH and slash commander expertise. I, I as enthusiastic about it, but I can see, obviously, it's just like that kind of super top end, really fun card to play in those formats. I don't know if you jam this in every single commander you know, deck. Uh, it, it certainly seems really fun, to say the least, and... I can see where, like, like you said, if you're ramping or if you have an artifact-based list that can produce a lot of mana, obviously this can just be a really great top-end card to invest a lot of mana and just keep pulling cards out of your deck. And I also agree with you on the constructed applications. I, It's just way too much mana. Again, yeah, it seems pretty cool in uh, casual formats. I think I'm going to disagree with you guys here and say 
Planar Portal, the original card, is actually better than Planar Bridge. I can't think of many permanents in EDH that you slap down and win the game. The majority of them will be spells. And the portal is basically just a demonic tutor that you can keep using uh, turn after turn. And you can grab the big spells you need to finish the game. Whereas Bridge, I think the best card you could put in play is probably Omniscience. Uh, you know, putting a creature into play doesn't really do much. So I think the fact that you can get spells uh, with the other card makes it actually better. And, it, you know, it just costs less. It's six instead of eight. So I actually think they don't, you know, it's not just a direct replacement for the portal, but they actually serve different purposes. And I think portal is here to stay. I think it has enough uses. Because uh, usually you want to get something big, like, I don't know, a Genesis wave or something. Uh, rather than just get a single creature, because I can't think of a single card that would just lock up the game right there for you. I mean, Omniscience Sorry, is pretty good. Omniscience is pretty good. <laughs> we, we've been wrecked <laughs> by Omniscience before. <laughs> there has to be better ways to get Omniscience than this, right? Like, you have the Tutor, you have the the card from Urza. Oh, I can't remember the card now. The Creature? Yeah, I mean, you, you can show and tell and stuff like that. Show and tell right, even yeah. legal? Uh, it's probably a bad idea in Commander to show and tell, by the way. <laughs> But <laughs> the idea is it's repeatable. You could do it more than once. Or if you have like Voltaic Key, you have untapped shenanigans, you can like tutor multiple cards. So that's where the value is. I mean, I love me some planar portals. So that, that, that's always been a, a old school card that I can, I can uh, relate with. But uh, so serious those question were being here. open in packs. What is the bridge for? Is this where the Phyrexians run through and like wreck Kaladesh? Like, what is this bridge you for? You know, that was actually I was actually gonna bring that up. Do you feel like this is kind of an intricate story like placement card? Like, they're portals, and that's how we get to other planes now. That's or they're like weird like crossover plane stuff. It's it's obviously how Emrakul and the rest of Eldrazi <laughs> go up on Kaladesh. <laughs> Alright, uh, so moving on, we have the the other new artifact, Paradox Engine. So five generic mana, legendary artifact. Whenever you cast a spell, untap all non-land permanents you control. Oh, this card is absurd. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I I played a deck recently that was built around putting dramatic reversal, which is a one shot of that effect on Isochron Scepter. So you could repeatedly do it uh, by untapping the Isochron Scepter. And this does it all in just one card. It's not janky. I I don't know where this is broken. I haven't really tried to brew with it yet, but I am very confident this card is going to lead to degenerate combos in modern, in commander, maybe even in standard. So I'm super high on it. I just don't know exactly the right pieces. Well, I know in standard we have Cryptolith right, like, right there. So that in and of itself can start something. And, and five mana it seems like a lot, but with Cryptolith right... You can get this out like conceivably like turn three. I mean, as early as that, and as, as long as you have a way to keep cycling through your deck and or start some sort of combo, maybe with like Dust Watch Recruiter, that's still in standard. So, I think this has a legitimate shot at least for a while. Uh, we would have to see like continuous cards as as they come out, but at least for right now until October, we have cards that can build around this, and it doesn't seem like a lot. Yeah, this card is super scary. If anyone has ever got wrecked by combo elves anywhere, the one mana 2-2, two, two, you know, Nettle Sentinel, that's so unassuming, it just untaps when you cast a green spell. Paradox Engine does this for all of your cards. 
And with Cryptolith Rites, that means you can generate tons of mana. It untaps mana rocks. It untaps all kinds of things. Voltaic Key, if you want to uh, get super, super combo-y. And I can't see how this is a good idea. I can't think of something that's broken in modern, but this surely, there's got to be some combo in modern. Uh, standard, there'll probably be some combo with this. And this just seems like a big no-no. It seems like it's one of those, uh, you know when Wizards prints like cost reduction cards, like rituals? You're like, ah, it's a ritual, you save three mana, how bad can it be? And it always leads to broken things. Well, untapping everything you control <laughs> seems like one of those things. Throw it in there with dredge, delve, whatever. It seems like it's going to be a broken mechanic. And I'm I'm waiting to see how modern is affected by this. We'll, we'll see, maybe it's too slow at five mana, but for sure there'll be some weird combo to go off, especially with uh, any of the card drawing cards. So things like, uh, we're actually going to get to them, but SRAM, where you can draw cards when you cast a spell, that finishes the combo and lets you get infinite mana, infinite cards. So it'll be interesting. Now, in in modern, we had like Jeskai Ascendancy, people trying to brew around that card. I feel, since this is colorless, this has to be easier to brew around, right? Like Jeskai Ascendancy, you still need... Jeskai colors to play it, right? So I was I was like, just thinking about really that. Be, it can really be well, it can it's much better, I think. So I mean, the, even at five mana. The yes, it's definitely better at the untapping part. So also the upside is you can untap mana rocks or so forth. Like in standard, we're talking about going uh, infinite or whatever with creatures. In modern, you have mind stones and signets and all that stuff, which is much more resilient than creatures that die to lightning bolt. So that's an upside. The downside is Jeskai Ascendancy actually kills the opponent. Uh, not only does it loot, but it also pumps up your creatures. So it does everything all in one card not only is it the enabler but it's also the finisher because your creatures get plus one plus one you keep drawing cards so this requires a little bit more work but it kind of makes up for that at least to some extent with adding more flexibility in what it actually can do so i don't know how to weigh that out exactly if one is better than the other i do know that like if you're playing Jeskai Ascendancy, you wouldn't just remove your Jeskai Ascendancies and slot this into the Jeskai Ascendancy slot because it wouldn't do everything you need to do to win the game. Quicksmith Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Here if, we got it. Oh, <laughs> and that cycle sees play because of this card? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, there has to be, like, ping, you know, tap. I'm going to say I mean, standard so easy. is probably going to be okay because Wizards right, probably right, actually right. tested this card, but all the other formats, I'm going to say they didn't test it that well. So we might actually see something happen <laughs> uh, in modern. Yeah. Modern is where, where something most likely would occur <laughs> for this card. In a format where Simeon Spear Guide is legal, anything's possible. The, <laughs> the, the other lesson, and this isn't any of our formats, so we probably can't speak on it too much, but pretty much any random artifact is playable in Vintage because you have lands that tap for three artifact mana. <laughs> so true. there That's could true. be something yeah. there. I don't know enough about Vintage to say right. how it would work, but it seems like if you can cast this like on turn one consistently, there's probably ways you can win the game on turn one with Moxin and just go infinite like immediately. Yep, because you get yeah. to untap your Moxin. Yes, you do. And you're like your Grim Monoliths and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Oh boy. So I wouldn't be surprised oh, if, yes. if there's some turn one oh. kills in Vintage. There has to be, yeah. You just crack a Lotus, you got a couple mocks, and you're good to go. Uh, right. Let's yeah, move on is... to maybe some more reasonable cards here. We got Gaunti's Ether Heart. 
6 generic mana legendary artifact. Whenever Gonti's Ether Heart or another artifact enters the battlefield under your control, you get 2 energy. Pay, what is this, 6 energy? 1, 2, 3, uh, four, seven, five, eight. Six, seven. <laughs> It's really hard to count energy on these cards. I don't know if anyone else has this problem where they just list like a, a billion eight. energy it's symbols. Eight. 8 energy, sorry. Alright, we, we got the official oh. count, 8? <laughs> yes, 8. <laughs> It gives you two. It gives you two. Gives you, uh... <laughs> Energy. XL Gonti's Ether Heart. Take an extra turn after this one. You know what I don't like about this card? It doesn't read Saffron Olive's Aether Heart. <laughs> <laughs> this has to be your card. Did they like secretly talk to you about this card? This... You can admit it on the cast now. Like, <laughs> did they consult you about this? Like, yes, Wizards, I do want a take an extra turn card that is energy based. Oh, they, they didn't ask me about it, but I'd like to think they, they probably thought of me as they were designing it, I hope so. Because this is my card. There's, apart from blood mooning people, there's nothing I like more than taking extra turns. And this is a really sweet way of doing it because it's colorless, which offers so many different possibilities. Like, normally, you got to be in blue, and six mana is pretty close to the going rate for an extra turn anyway. Uh, but having this be a colorless effect is really exciting, and it just got spoiled this morning, so again, I haven't got to brew with it yet, but I fully expect that when we look back on E3 Evil a year from now, this might be the card that I played most out of all the cards in the set, because for some reason that tends to happen with me in extra turn cards. Yes, definitely expecting against the odds. <laughs> Aether Heart uh, was coming to a uh, YouTube video near you. But uh, this is interesting. I mean, you can actually do some really weird stuff with this too, like Sahili Rai. You can, you can copy the artifact and you can get another two energy. So who knows? <sighs> The, I, I think there's good ways to get to the eight energy, but but you can't copy I mean, it. It's legendary. Yeah, you, but you you, you copy it for two. Yeah, you just get two energy. Yeah, right. They, they they've right. made sure you Which, can't abuse uh, it. You have to exile it. Yes. it's legendary. Uh. You can't loop it. No, <laughs> no academy rune shenanigans here. I know you like taking extra turns, Seth, but wait, what about it? it like, it, even in standard, like, does it just feel good to like take an extra turn, drop a land, and just go say go? Like, does that that's still like you still feel satisfied? After uh, usually, I'm doing something in that extra turn oh, okay. more than more than playing a land. Fair enough. I. I will say though, in standard, again, and we're, I've said this multiple times now, when you got um, Etherworks Marvel that for less energy and less mana just wins you the game and steals your opponent's turn with Emrakul, it's going to be a really tough road for this to see, like, tier play in standard. Well, you can Aetherworks Marvel into the Aether Heart, so... Oh, that's... Yeah. That, it, <laughs> see? I, you got where... where The wheels are turning already. I, I've... <laughs> that's thrown... Got Glint, Glint Ness Crane. You got... I think you got it. You got something brewing. I know it. That's got to be almost as good as just winning the game on the spot with Emrakul. <laughs> <laughs> you show, they show an Emrakul, you show Gonti's Aetherheart, gotcha. You're going to steal my turn, Arya, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move. So that was a mythic, by the way. So let's move all the way down to Uncommon. Probably the card that's generated the most excitement in non-standard formats. Fatal Push. One black. The picture is of a guy kicking a guy <laughs> off a skyship. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, actually, maybe it's Aetherborn. I can't tell. Maybe it's an Aetherborn kicking a guy. Uh, instant. Destroy target creature if it has converted mana cost 2 or less. Revolt. New keyword. Destroy that creature if it has a converted mana cost 4 or less. Instead, if a permanent you controlled left the battlefield this turn. Oh, wow. This is probably better than some of the mythics that we were talking about. This is Aether Revolt, and he just pushes him off. Oh, I didn't even realize. Wait, first, I mean, is, is a kick a push? He, he, really, seriously. Uh, look, <laughs> this looks like a, pushing him, a flavor fail. Like, yeah, uh, we'll just say he kicked him <laughs> for, for, our, for our purposes. But so I think you just spawned up. like 8,000 altars there. This is Aether Revolt. Yes, <laughs> I did it. See? <laughs> just, just remember to tag me when you do the altar, okay? Just to, you know. So, uh, Richard, this has to be like one of the better cards for formats outside of standard and like what since Monastery Swift Spear? Yeah, so I think uh, Rip Disfigure. I don't think you would ever play Disfigure ever again now that Fatal Push is a thing. Uh, Kills basically no. everything, right? Uh, Tarmogoyf, Bob, Nicodles, Swift Spears, Pyromancers, Snapcaster Mages for one black. So it does everything Disfigure would do and more. And uh, in older formats, you can just sack a fetch, and then now you can kill Kalidus, Huntmaster, you know, all of those cards. So it's really strong. Now, would it replace Lightning Bolt or Path to Exile? I don't think so. Uh, but it would go where Disfigure would go, or if you needed more removal. Uh, it, it is conditional. Sometimes, you know, if your opponent is playing Lantern Control, like, what are you going to do with Fatal Push? But, you know, Lightning Bolt, you can bolt their face at least. So I, there's arguments, you know, would you pay one more mana for Terminate, for an Abrupt Decay? Uh, you know, other removal, even Doomblade or Victim of Night. So there's arguments there, but I think it's good enough to see play in certain scenarios. Definitely uh, Saltai Colors, those decks that don't have access to Path and Bolt, the one mana removal, uh, would play this. Uh, one mana removal is a big deal, and... You know, cracking a fetch to remove a force CMC creature seems pretty good. So I expect to see this card uh, in modern legacy uh, in some form. I don't think it'll like be the replacement to lightning bolt, but I think we'll see it show up. I mean, is it? it is this the black lightning bolt or swords of plowshares? Is Definitely. it? Like, yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like Richard said, I mean, disfigure. Rip disfigure. I mean, that has to be. I mean, I mean, even there was there was like ulcerate before. I mean, there's just been so many misses. I mean, yeah, this has to be the equivalent of source to plowshares, lightning bolt, whatever you want to compare it to. Well, this is definitely black. All of those other cards have a secondary purpose. If you're right. if your yeah. opponent is not playing creatures, <laughs> right. so with path you can actually gain life, which is sometimes actually relevant to path your own creature to like not die, or not path uh, swords. Uh, you can path your own creature to ramp yourself, also relevant, <laughs> and you can bolt your opponent's face. Whereas fatal push, if your opponent's not playing a creature, this card literally does nothing. I I think there's a huge argument that in modern you would play this over dismember. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I, oh, I'm looking if you're a black deck, but if you're a non-black yeah, deck. Right. I'm looking at the modern format right now, the most played cards, and it literally hits like 
90% of cards, like the list of things it doesn't hit is incredibly yeah. small. And this is assuming you uh, have fetch lands, which you always do in Legacy and Modern. It's like Reality Smasher, Primeval Titan, Tassiger, and then Huge Eldrazi if you run into like Tron or something. But it really hits a huge percent, and it's the same way in Legacy. I think there was five Legacy cards of the top 50 that this doesn't kill, assuming you can crack a fetch before you play it. So I think this is extremely good and you don't have to pay the life like you do with this member this is one mana kill your infect creature or affinity creature without taking four which is that's a huge deal like you do lose games over the long run because you have to turn one or turn two dismember paying life so i think that in modern i would play this over dismember in a lot of decks assuming they're black and they can cast it of course yeah actually you have a pretty good argument i mean if you're yeah, it would likely kill anything that you were going to dismember anyway. Yeah, I think the Reality, reality Smasher, Smasher is the is one card. One. Right, yeah. Reality Smasher, yeah. Tarmogoyf? Yeah, that's about it. Oh, this kills Tarmogoyf, never mind. This kills Tarmogoyf, yeah. <laughs> kills Tarmogoyf Clean. straight up, which is actually a big deal. You can, yeah, a huge Because deal. if you have a Lightning Bolt, you can't kill Tarmogoyf uh, on, the, on the draw sometimes in certain scenarios. So it is a big deal. And the question is, would you pay one more for non-conditional removal. Like, how many one-mana removal spells do you need in your deck? In modern, having being one-mana is such a big deal in a world with Infect and Death Shadow, all these, like, become immense pump spell kill decks. It's it, One-mana is, like, really key. Yeah, hitting I Ink think. Moth is a big deal. Like, I would consider removing Abrupt Decays for this, because Abrupt Decay is the saddest card in existence <laughs> when you're getting killed by Ink Moth Nexus. But then you just randomly run into Lantern Control and be super sad that you don't have Abrupt Decays in your deck. So it'll be interesting how the pros build their decks and how they distribute the removal now, but this is definitely a strong contender and something basically all decks that play black need to consider and look at now, for modern at least. What yeah. do you think about standard? Uh, and Main deckable? Oh, and standard. This card Absolutely. is so important to standard yep. because it kills Smuggler's Copter for one mana. Like, that's when yeah. the focus has shifted towards Emrakul and Etherworks as being the cards people really want answers to. But Copter is still the number one most played card. I just looked at it. 62% of standard decks are playing it as a four of. So just for that reason alone, having main deckable hate for a Copter, it's really good. Also gets Grim Flare in a lot of other random creatures. So even if you hit one of the 35, 38% where there's no Copter, you're still likely going to have a target unless you're in a like hardcore control matchup. And even then, most of your removal is not going to be very good. And you could still catch like a thing in the ice or something. So I think this is easily main deck, main deckable and standard because of Smuggler's Copter primarily. All right, last question. Odds that this is an FNM promo at some point? Oh, that would be awesome, but I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll get uh, I don't know, just pick some random uncommon no one plays. No, I know, I know, what we're getting we we're, we're getting a Skyweaver Elite. <laughs> oh yeah, sweet. Just, just for you, Chaz. For Elite, yeah, you gotta <laughs> my my three mana two two reach. Listen, the only reason I tweeted that is because it was the only card with revolt. <laughs> but it was the only green card with revolt, so I had to choose, and obviously I have to choose green. So. All right, <laughs> let's move on to more playable <laughs> spoilers. Next, we got SRAM's Expertise. I hope that's how you pronounce SRAM. 
Sam? Ram? Wow, maybe one of those Italians. We'll go with Sram. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Sam. It's just Sam. Two white, white, four converted mana cost, sorcery. Create three 1 1 colorless servo artifact creature tokens. You may cast a card with converted mana cost three or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. I, I'm actually glad this is a, 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 a cycle. So this pretty much confirms this is a cycle. Uh, so we only had one other, which is Yehenis, right? Yehenis. Uh, I would be really surprised if this is not a cycle. When we saw the original card, that it was just built to be a cycle. Like It felt every color will get one. Uh, for four mana, three artifact creatures, and, and a card, that, that seems all right. I just or this fits in immediately, but it's not a terrible card. Uh, I learned, thanks to Twitter, that you can't actually play this, get the tokens, and then use it to surge a Reckless Bushwhacker, which would have been super awesome, uh, because you can't pay two alternate costs, apparently, somehow. I don't know. Some some rule disallows that, which made me very sad. With this card, mostly like Yahani's uh, expertise, I'm interested in the combo potential of casting something for free. If there's one thing that Wizards occasionally messes up and makes really broken two good cards. It's when it involves casting stuff for free. So as a value card where you're just making tokens and, I don't know, putting a Oath of Ajani on the battlefield, it's fine. But this is another card where I could imagine there being a broken combo, if not in standard, then in modern, just like with Yohani's expertise. Yeah, I think Fair this enough, card yeah. is broken. I, I mean, it's probably not broken because all the colors will have something equally broken to do. <laughs> But I think it's going to lead to so many feel-bad games. It's, in my opinion, basically taking an extra turn, right? It's one of these, like, super tempo boosts where you basically get to cast seven mana's worth of spells. Except this is an aggressive card. So you can go three servos, cast Nissa, pump the team. Three servos, Liliana, kill your guy. Three, you know, you're basically taking an extra turn right after this without getting to draw a card and without undoing summoning sickness. So I think that tempo boost, if you're not sitting with the fumigate in hand well you're just gonna die <laughs> right like imagine if they sram's expertise uh raise the alarm next turn oath of a johnny and just hit you right like you you need to have the answer right then and there and if you don't you're gonna die and this just creates games that like snowballs out of control immediately so i really don't like this huge temple swing that you get from this card and I think there's going to be a lot of feel-bads. I think there's going to be a lot of non-interactive games in Standard with people casting spells for free out of nowhere. It's like basically you gave them a Black Lotus. Yeah, right? Black Lotus with the stipulation you use it on turn 4, and Black Lotus is a banned and restricted card for some reason, right? So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But to me, this seems like a big no-no. So we'll see how this fast mana actually plays out. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know. It does definitely... It's powerful enough that it's going to lead to some blowouts, as you mentioned, and we already have blowouts in standard that are really unfun, so maybe that makes it better in our current standard format that someone tweeted to me, uh, we were talking about the spoilers earlier, and uh, some of the new vehicles, and they mentioned Lupin Prototype, and they, they gave me the Curve and Standard, and... <laughs> It was basically like one drop loop and prototype uh, into whatever random three drop and then turn four, your opponent kills you. So that's this is just another <laughs> turn four, your opponent kills you card along with many that we have in this standard. So maybe that's just what the standard format's going to be about. 
you you can get SRAM's expertise. You drop a heart of Kieran, and now you got three three little one ones to crew it. <laughs> combo. Uh, so yeah, combo. <laughs> yeah, I, I again, we'll have to see this set, but in the coming months, uh, because Aether Revolt will be in standard for quite some time. So I, I'm assuming there will be something really good to do by the end of this set or in the, the sets following to do with these expertise cards, at least in standard. In modern, like you said, Seth, there's, there's always something to be had. when Whenever you cast stuff for free, there's always that, uh, that chance that something can be spawned from that and be in, extremely unfair. <laughs> so um, we'll wait and see. What do you guys think about black-white tokens? Is this a thing? I, um, I mean, the, the white-black fabricate deck has been like pseudo-playable, and that's without having the new additions from Ether Revolt. So I think that it's possible. With, uh, with your favorite uh, zero one for 3 Chaz, you've been high oh, on that card ever since it was spoiled. Oh, You're right. <laughs> you get, wait, for four mana, you get a, a, an 0-1 and four 1-1s. Five, I think, because it five. makes two, yeah. Oh, right, it makes two. You get five one one. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, moving on oh, to SRAM Senior Edificer. One and a white legendary creature dwarf advisor. He's a 2-2. Whenever you cast an aura, equipment, or vehicle spell, draw a card. So if you like Pure Steel Paladin, you'll like this card. I... <laughs> I like it Go with ahead. Pure Steel Paladin. That's one of the things I'm most excited about is Pure Steel Paladin decks in Modern are actually really powerful, but they aren't very playable because you have to play a lot of bad equipment and your deck does nothing without Pure Steel Paladin. But having eight Pure Steel Paladins, essentially, might mean those decks could actually be somewhat competitive. They're not going to break the format, but I could imagine with uh, having four of these along with four uh, pure Steel Paladins, that you could be able to go to an F&M and actually expect to perform well with the Pure Steel like Storm equipment deck. Yeah, I'm optimistic on that front. The, the only problem is just the redundancy. Like It is legendary, so you can't play multiples like you can with Pure Steel Paladin. But, I mean, I think this is good enough, good enough for standard. Like you said, it could be great as an additional four of in the Pure Steel Paladin decks in Modern. In standard, I think it's good enough to slot at least a couple of these in your deck just to keep yourself uh, card advantage. If you're playing a white-based aggressive list, you have all these really great equipment. It obviously is awesome with Smuggler's Copter and, and all this stuff. So I think it's good enough. I don't know if it's a full four of card, but it certainly can be a good one or two of card for sure. And it's a dwarf, so you get the benefits. Uh, Definitely, yes, from uh, uh, Depala. Yeah, so that's right, another, right. I guess, vote in confidence uh, of maybe it being playable. I think you're right. You're not going to stack a whole bunch of those in your deck because of the legendary thing, but as a one or two of, sometimes drawing a card from your Smuggler's Copter and sometimes finding it with your Depala probably makes it worth a slot in, like, Red, White, or Mardu vehicles. Right, exactly. I I'm, I'm with you there. So no one's going to talk about how absurd this is for EDH? It's Pure Steel Paladin that's legendary. You know, people always ask, you know, oh, if there's a, oh, if there's a right, creature that's right. non-legendary that you want to make legendary, what it would be? I'm pretty sure Pure Steel Paladin's up there somewhere. <laughs> and here we go. And it's a dwarf as well. And <laughs> it triggers off vehicles. And he has a pipe. But, 
anyone surprised by this? I'm, I'm actually surprised I, there's a dwarf smoking a pipe on a magic card. I didn't realize that's what it was. Is that it? Is that even a pipe? What, what would it be? It's the pipe, no? He might not be smoking tobacco, he might be smoking ether. thing you've seen. <laughs> no, have you guys followed League of Legends? There was a character that smokes a cigar, and they removed the cigar. Because right. they didn't want to endorse, you know, tobacco or whatever. So I thought, you know, oh. in today's modern world, we're no longer <laughs> allowed to depict smoking. But here we are, dwarves hey, smoking, <laughs> smoking the ether <laughs> of Kaladesh. Smoking some ether, yeah. That's a. Uh... Hey, listen, this is still the game that you play at your your cafeteria table, and everyone thinks you're like Satanist, demonic. Did you see some of the art back then? They thought like. Oh, what is this like? Uh, what was that black card? Uh, the, the something hordes, something like that. That card is still gives me <laughs> demonic hordes or something. I think it was called. It was literally like that, and people were like, "What is this game?" Yeah, but this, this, is, this card, is legendary, easily... legendary pure steel paladin, and right. legendary. I guess it's not really core spirit walker or enchantress, but it's also that effect. Uh, if it was more colors, it'd be even better. If it's somehow yeah. on green and red in it, so then you can go all out on all of these themes. But I think uh, this will be a pretty sweet EDH card. Uh, it, it forces you to play mono white, though, which is probably fine for you, Richard, because you played mono white more than <laughs> anyone in the history of Commander. It's but. white card advantage. It's therefore like the greatest card ever made. <laughs> I can't. I can't do mono EDH decks. I just can't. It's so. Boring. But your mana base is so cheap. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. (laughs) You're right. All right. Next card. We have Whir of Invention. X, blue, blue, blue. Instant, improvise keywords so your artifacts can help cast this spell. Each artifact you tap after you're done activating mana abilities pays for one. Search your library for an artifact card with converted mana cost X or less. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So essentially, Court of Calling for artifacts. Yeah. For an artifact card. Yep. Is, is what we needed, a card that lets you tap your puzzle knots <laughs> to find Aetherworks Marvel in standard. That sounds, that sounds like a great idea, Wizards. Thank you for printing this. <laughs> the I, obligatory Colossus deck. So <laughs> out there this this colossus deck is suddenly the most insane deck we've ever seen according to sun <laughs> look at all these cards you got tesseret you got word of invention just watch out for these colossus decks as, as soon as I saw this, the first thing I thought of was eggs in Modern uh, because they already used Reshape to search out Lotus Blooms and you basically want as many Lotus Blooms as you can get because they make so much mana when you reanimate them and while it doesn't it's not necessarily obvious because reshape is two mana to get it. So you actually net a mana, even just paying three mana to get a Lotus bloom is mana neutral. And you get that Lotus bloom in your graveyard. So you essentially have eight reshapes now in eggs, which could actually be something that pushes that deck towards being playable, which I don't know if that's a good thing because if you ever played against eggs, it's got to be one of the most miserable experiences in all magic. But I think this could have a home in modern thanks to eggs. Yeah, perhaps. Although I think they're always going to miss Second Sunrise. I, I just, that was really the glue of the deck. But you're right. Maybe this kind of revitalizes that archetype. I'm not emphatically that it will right now, but it obviously can't hurt. I don't like where this is going. Are you telling me 2017 will be the year of like lantern control versus eggs? Uh, <laughs> yep. 
I was actually thinking more standard. This seems pretty good. Like Seth said, you have these random artifacts sitting around, so why not just tutor up your Etherworks Marvel? Uh, works with clue tokens as well. So you, you will have no shortage of artifacts if you're looking to tutor something up. It's interesting that they printed this card with Marvel being kind of the boogeyman of the format. I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> Maybe there's some <laughs> other card we'll see that somehow keeps us all in check. But seems pretty strong, and I'm surprised there's so many tutors, tutor effects and powerful effects. I thought Wizards kind of went away from the tutoring, but it makes decks more consistent, makes decks more powerful. So maybe we're in for a pretty powerful standard. Also, uh, on a less depressing note, this could be the card that makes Paradox Engine really consistent and playable in standard, a combo deck with that, uh, since you can use it to tutor up your Paradox Engine. So I like that aspect of it. So what's worse, Ooh. having Emrakul take your turn or not having a turn <laughs> at all because they're going infinite egg style and killing you? <laughs> hey, listen, we haven't had combo in standard. Now we have like five different combo decks. So they're like, you wanted combo decks? Here's combo decks. And there's just like, every single card is a combo. You could even, I, I don't even, I'm sure you could do something with Aether Flux, Reservoir, or whatever that card is. So just have at it. <laughs> Everything just gets a combo now. Yeah. You got Paradox Engine, you got the, the Reservoir, you got Aetherworks Marvel. Maybe See, this is just, maybe this enables Aetherworks Marvel in modern cracking on all these eggs you get the energy from aetherworks marvel you, you tap aetherworks marvel and you get an emrakul yeah i i, I tried that before uh, uh, and it was miserable even uh, the, the problem wasn't necessarily tutoring it's that when you miss emrakul in modern you just die it's not like standard where you get a couple extra turns <laughs> you could see <laughs> yeah literally from a from a broader perspective what is wizards thinking like what's why are we seeing a set that is full of free spells, obvious combo cards? Like, is this what magic is going to be like going forward after having these relatively powered down standards recently full of creature mid-range battles? Is this a change in design philosophy or is this just a random set that happens to have all this stuff in it? Well, I think in, you know, not so many words, if they, they want a variety of, archetypes for a i'm assuming what would be a format going forward like in the future i mean you can't just have everything and maybe if they have to jam pack one set just to get it all out there then so be it but it feels like they want not only in standard but they they just want to push multiple you know multiple different archetypes just to kind of free things up a little bit yeah the only thing i'm concerned about is i'm not seeing really good counter spells if you had counterspells, I wouldn't be too concerned because they, they were eventually just like counterspell cool and that keeps them in check. Uh, kind of the problem we have with Etherworks Marvel today where even a counterspell is not enough. You counter an Emrakul, you, they still get the trigger and then they empty your hand and then you die. So I'm, I'm all for power as long as the power is distributed across all the colors. So hopefully we'll see uh, really powerful cards in the other colors as well and across the different archetypes. So, But it does seem like for this set, Wizards is powering it up. It seems like we're going to get consistency through tutors, faster mana through free spells, efficient cards like Fatal Push. It seems like the standard will be more powerful than the other standards. On top of, you know, the absurdly broken things you have already, Gideon, Archangel Avacyn, uh, you know, the Delirium, Smuggler's Copter, all that stuff is still there. So uh, maybe the cards had to be this powerful, otherwise you wouldn't even play them. Right? Like you wouldn't unseat 
Archangel Avacyn if there's nothing more more powerful. So maybe Wizards knows what they're doing, and this will actually turn out okay. But I expect this to be a very powerful format. We, You've said this a long time ago, Richard, that a, a pretty big reason why you haven't played such a long time is because you felt it was kind of watered down, right? Like, you, you, weren't, you didn't feel like you can do powerful stuff. Maybe that's just how they attract new players, is that you're doing all this awesome stuff in Standard again. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is pretty sweet to play turn for Emrakul, but then if you're sitting on the other side of it, it's, like, really bad. <laughs> so while it's fun when you're in the position of power, as long as everyone's in the position of power, it'll work out. So I- I'm hoping, I'm hoping. I'm hoping there's a good counterspell. What do you think of uh, Aether Revolt thus far with all the new spoilers? Are you excited, Richard? You feel I feel like this is a, a set that you really like. I like the cards, but for some reason, when I see a card now, right. I automatically think EDH. And I see a lot <laughs> of cool cards for EDH. Standard, everything looks so powerful. But the Expertise Cycle, Fatal Push, all of these quote-unquote broken artifacts, they all can't be broken, right? But like each one we see it looks so powerful by itself in a vacuum. I'm really excited to see what happens. I'll be really disappointed if, at the end of the day, we end up with the same decks. Like, none of these cards are enough to spawn a new archetype. None of these cards boost existing archetypes, and you're still bashing, like, Delirium into uh, Flash into Marvel. So I really hope that doesn't happen, and I'm seeing a lot of powerful cards here. And I'm curious how this fast mana expertise cycle plays out. I think it's going to be really bad, but maybe Wizards knows what they're doing. Maybe having a Black Lotus staple to a card is okay. We'll see. I'm really excited for it. I, As someone who likes to brew decks, I like having lots of different powerful options. And just with a small fraction of the set spoiled so far, just looking over these cards, I'm like, oh, that could make its own archetype, be its own deck. Oh, that could be its own deck. So I'm really excited about the possibilities because, honestly, the last month or two, Standard has been kind of at its stale point and it always gets like that towards the end of a format before a new set release but this time maybe even more so than usual with etherworks being so good and certain decks just being so much better than everything else so seeing the power level of these cards actually makes me excited about brewing and standard again which i think is a good thing so i like this set just for that reason it feels like this is going to be the trend going on is that they want every set to be to be meaningful right like we've been through maybe at the start of the two block cadence and and especially before that that some of these sets just come out and there's just like one good card i mean dragon's maze really comes to mind in recent memory where it's like you could basically just scrap the entire set and just just a voice of resurgence i just i think they're doing a really good job is that every set is meaningful and yeah, like standard, like you just said, Seth, it gets down to like Aetherworks, Marvel, and a couple of decks, but they want that to be shaken up dramatically with every new set coming out. So I, I like the fact that it's just long enough to kind of be like, oh, like Aetherworks, Marvel, and, and like again, like, but you know just around the corner that these sets are coming out and that the standard landscape will drastically change. So I really hope that they keep that trend going forward because it looks like they're getting better at it. So... Oh, one thing I want to throw in there. I'm excited to build a people falling off stuff EDH deck. (laughs) Fatal Push is a great card. We got like Tragic Slip. There's like a bunch of cards of people falling down wells. Uh, Even like Night Market Aeronaut looks like this guy about to jump off like like a building. So falling off stuff EDH 2017. It's coming. Awesome. 
I think that's it, gentlemen. So we will have more spoilers for next week. Again, everyone on YouTube, uh, enjoy. This is the first time we're posting the cast on YouTube. Gentlemen, we will do this again next week with more spoilers. It's going to be awesome. All right, this is going to be the MTG Goldfish Crew signing out. 